0: This is Canvas, a show all about iPad productivity. My name is Fraser Spears, and I'm joined as always by Federico Vitici. Hey, Fraser, how are you? I'm not too bad. How are you?
1: I'm doing. I'm doing great. It's been a busy week. Uh, mm-hmm. Lots of things going on, uh, yeah. but it's good to be to be back on Canvas and talk to you. And we're gonna follow up on the last episode that we did on iOS security and how to be more. You know how to how to keep. Um, your data safe, how to how to properly set up your iOS devices with security in mind. We're going to follow up with passwords. And I know that managing passwords uh, is a complex topic,
0: right? Yep, there's certainly a number of considerations you have to look into there. Uh, but of course, most people, as we know, uh, do it the caveman way and usually write it down on a post-it note or something like that. So we're here to try and persuade you tonight not to do that and to do something a little bit more secure.
1: Yeah, and... Um, you know every day I hear from uh, my friends or sometimes even my parents and other people um, that a lot of folks tend to use the same password everywhere and they you know they either do that or they just uh, they keep track of passwords using notes uh, and by notes, I mean just plain text in the Apple Notes app uh, with no security. Uh, I've seen people who email their passwords to themselves so they can just uh, they go look into their email inbox looking for passwords so either it's the same password every time or it's the same password with minimal variations between those passwords. For example, maybe the Facebook one has your uh, year of birth in it, but the Google one doesn't. So it's very definitely not secure passwords. And our goal today, hopefully, is to change your mind about this, is to... um, to make you realize how convenient it is to use a password manager. And I know that there are trade-offs, there are compromises that we're going to explain. Because even if you use a password manager, it's not a foolproof system. There's still some points of failure. Uh, albeit, you know, they're kind of different from just keeping passwords in plain text (laughs) in in the Apple Notes app. Uh, So if if you have friends or family members, just anyone who you think has a bad password habit, uh, um, I think this episode you should uh, send, send this episode to them and hopefully uh, they will come back as better uh, iOS and just in general better computer citizens and better iOS users because now they're uh, you know, actually taking care of their
0: passwords. So hopefully we will accomplish this today. Yeah. So first of all, let's dive into a little bit the theory of, of what a password manager is, because a lot of people, Federico, I think that one of the main reasons people don't use a password manager is because they don't know that you can get one uh, and and they don't know what it is. And it seems complicated and it seems, uh, you know, it comes with dire security warnings and things like that just to make people aware of what the issues are. So people often kind of shy away from it. So first of all, let's talk a little bit about what, what is the theory of a password manager and why would you want to use one? So At its core, the basic idea is that you have a database of passwords that is encrypted, and you can unlock that encryption with a single master password. And one of the most popular password managers in iOS is called 1Password, and it's called that for a reason, right, which is that you have 1Password to unlock all your other passwords. And the reason that we all use, or we mostly use but don't, these variations of 1Password or 1 basic core idea of a password is that A, we have so many in our lives, and B, our weak human brains are not designed to remember, you know, four, five, 600 possible logins to different websites and services that we've made over the course of many, many years online. So the idea is that you save all of your passwords, all of your usernames and login details, and indeed the website that those details apply to in this database, and you protect that well with one good password, that is very strong, very hard to guess, and that you can remember. Uh, because people can usually remember one or two really good and hard passwords, but you can't remember 60 or 70 like that. So what we do is we have the software we'll deal with it for us so that all the other passwords that we use, your Amazon password and your Google password and your, um, your bank password and so on, can be so long and complex that you even you can't remember them yourself. And if you make them long and complex, you know, I'm talking like uh, 25 characters randomly chosen, including punctuation and, and numbers and so on, then not only is it impossible for you to remember, but it's also very, very difficult for hackers to guess it as well. And, yeah. you know, it's it's not just movie hackers, is it? It's, it's yeah, real life criminals I mean, as well.
1: Yeah, people think of uh, hackers in the sense of uh, watching a spy movie and there's the government is trying to hack you. But in reality, uh, and I'm seeing this all the time, there's, uh, for example, friends who want to get into your Facebook profile to pull a prank on you or maybe, you know, former partners, for example, for some sort of revenge. Uh, and just in general, you know, it, it is also a problem for internet trolls and bullies, you know, uh, people who want to... They don't, they're do not they not necessarily hackers uh, paid by, you know, uh, other governments to hack you, but it's just other people trying to cause problems in your life. And so you want to prevent that, and you want to make it as... A, as difficult as possible to guess your password. And that is why you shouldn't use the same password on Facebook and Google and Amazon and all of your other important accounts. You shouldn't use information that other people can easily guess or find. Uh, For example, your first name, last name, date of birth, you know, any public information that anyone can easily find, probably not a good idea for a password. And in general, what you want to do is you want to have a master password for an application where you generate all of these random long and very hard to guess passwords and then you just got to remember that one and of course there's a the trade off here the trade off is that you're introducing a new single point of failure which is if someone gets your computer and somehow manages to also guess your master password for for the the password manager that you're using well now that person has access to all of your passwords and that is why uh, you know in addition to using um, features such as touch ID for example your master password should also be a secure, And very personal one that only you know. So, again, if your name is Federico, you probably don't want to have Federico as your master password. Uh, Probably, you know, bad idea.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um, And one of the other things about this, uh, another reason to do this uh, and and to have these um, strong random passwords for other websites is we sort of alluded to this in the last show, Federico, that... One of the other risks that exists for people today is the fact that you've signed up for lots of different websites. And there's a possibility that even if you don't do anything wrong from a security point of view, one somebody else on another, um, on another uh, server could... Uh, somebody could break into that other server, steal all the passwords that are stored there. And then if you've used the same password... Um, on, if you've used the same password on all the other sites with the same email address, then if somebody cracks Yahoo and gets works out your password for Yahoo, and you've used that one on Amazon and your bank and your Gmail, then they're into everything because it was lost, not even through any fault of your own, but through the fault of somebody on a site that you trust. Um, and one of the things with that is that if you have a separate password for every single site you use, randomly generated by the program, then that kind of like reduces the blast radius, if you like. If you only have to consider what have I lost from that one site that was hacked, rather than oh no, now I have to go and change my password on every single site that I I have connected a password like that to. So you don't want to ever reuse passwords either. And that's another reason for that is because of that risk of um, the other site being compromised and then you've got a problem from that point of view onwards.
1: Yeah, and uh, every time there's a big hack, you know, anytime a popular service gets uh, compromised and user information, including maybe passwords, get leaked online, uh, there's usually two ways you can check. Um, Most of the modern uh, modern password managers, they have um, they have features that check against these hacks uh, on online databases. So they can tell you if you have, a, for example, a Yahoo account or a Dropbox account, if a hack occurs on any of those services, the password manager itself can tell you, look, there's a hack on this service, you should change your password. And some of the password managers on the market have features that can also change the password for you but I personally chose not to not to use those password managers. But I know that, for example, I think uh, LastPass and maybe even Dashlane they have options to change passwords on your behalf. Um, and the second uh, method, which is the one that I use anytime uh, one of these big services uh, gets hacked someone on Reddit or someone on Twitter creates a website that allows you to check if your account has been hacked, has been compromised. And usually you can go to these websites for example i remember there was one when adobe got hacked and so a bunch of millions of user profiles were exposed to you know to the public you could go to this website and you could type in your uh, adobe email address and the website would tell you yes you got hacked you better change your password and the way that these services these websites uh, they the way that they work is um, someone downloads the uh, the data from the leak uh, and creates a website that checks your email address against the leaked data so you can see if you're part of the group of users that got you know hacked
0: or not let me just throw one thing in there Federico I think you just have to be a little bit careful with that because sometimes what people will do is they'll create a website where they say oh check that your account hasn't been hacked enter your (laughs) username and password here uh, and then it comes back and says oh yes you've been hacked or no you've not been hacked but Only ever use that if it's only your email address you're putting in. But if you ever see a site like that where it asks you to put in your email address and your password, run a mile uh, and post comments to say don't go there because what the people are trying to do there is they're trying to fish you for your email address and your password. And with the assumption that you've probably used that password other places, that's a site written by the bad guys and they will then go because sometimes not only do they do this hack but then they try and get additional information by getting worried people to come to their site and check it and you're just voluntarily putting in your email address and password and they're saying oh no you're safe but in the background they're stealing your credentials as well so just be very careful not to put passwords into sites like that
1: yeah one of the websites that i that I trust for this and that has been around a long time it's called have i been pawned it's uh, c- uh basically meant to be an internet joke instead of owned but it's with a p and uh you can you can go here type in your email address and this website has been around for years so you can actually make a donation to support this website and okay. it checks your email address against a bunch of um, Previous leaks, for example, I saw a while ago that my email address had been exposed in the in two hacks: one for Adobe in 2013 and one for Plex in July 2015. Uh, So this is very useful, and it's uh, it's got a list of uh, the top ten breaches uh, of internet accounts. Uh, And for example, uh, in the top ten, you can see LinkedIn, uh, Adobe. uh, and Dropbox. So uh, this is mm. very useful. I remember there were others, but I've been using. Have I been pawned for for the other I five think at least three Yahoo. years? <laughs> uh, yeah. Who is surprisingly not in the top ten? Really? Which is yeah. Probably because they, they don't have the it. Yeah. And yeah, it uh, it calculates the top ten in terms of users, and the mm. number ten is Dropbox with sixty-eight million accounts compromised. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, in mid yeah. twenty twelve. Yeah.
0: I mean this is the thing Federico is is that, is that you, the risk is the threat is really at that level now and this is why re- not reusing the password is so important because unless you're a really valuable individual, you know, unless you're a Donald Trump or something like that, why why would a hacker spend their time just trying to break into your stuff when they could break into your stuff and 65 million other people's stuff at the same time by going after a Dropbox or an Amazon or an iCloud or something like that. Uh, and, and maybe having a, a chance of success at some level there. So the
1: the password manager that I've been using for years, uh, we talked about this app many times, is 1Password. Um, 1Password is made by Agile Bits, and it's been around for several years. I've been using this app since 2009, I think. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's changed a lot especially over the past couple of years um, the developers have switched from uh, an old traditional uh, paid up front model to a free download for all the one password apps for iOS and Mac and you can use one password for free but if the 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 apps are heavily based on subscriptions now there's a subscription for individual usage or you can also subscribe to two different types of uh, plans. One is called 1Password for families, and the other for businesses is called 1Password for teams. Uh, now, you can still use, if you really want, 1Password with the old, uh, you know, you pay once and you use it forever type of model. Um, but the, you know, the option to use 1Password standalone is kind of hidden. you got to download the app from the App Store, either the iOS one or the Mac App Store, and then you got to find the in-app purchase for... Um, I think on the Mac it's a 60 uh $65 purchase to have unlimited unlocked usage on iOS it's called the pro feature in a purchase and it's a $10 uh purchase inside of the iOS app but those options uh they're not you know uh they're not advertised as much anymore because uh, like I said now the the one password uh they're pushing for subscriptions and there are, so there are three types of them uh there's the individual one which is uh 299 a month. Uh, it gets you, uh, you know, it works for one account, all of your devices, and it gets you uh, all of the benefits of the old 1Password. So, you know, it's the same app uh, that you probably use uh, for the past few years. Or if you're new to the app, you get this password manager, you can manage your logins, you can manage your secure notes. The app helps you create secure passwords it's got an extension on ios to log into websites uh you can use one password in safari you can use one password in other apps and with the individual subscription you also get one gigabyte of storage online on the onepassword.com service for secure documents and other files and you also get a one-year item history so you can go back and you know if you made a change to an to an to a login information, for example, you can roll back those changes. Uh, and you also get offline access and web access. So you can go to a web browser, even Safari on iOS, uh, but it's best on a desktop computer. And you can log into one with your account and you can use 1Password from any computer, as long as you remember your uh, email address, your uh, secret key and your master password. Um the the service, the subscription that I've been using with my girlfriend is called 1Password for Families. It's $5 a month, and it gives you access to five family members. So this is ideal if you want to use 1Password with your partner or maybe you want to add your kids or maybe, as I will, you're going to add your parents because they have no idea how to properly set up 1Password or manage passwords. And the idea here is to give you the same features and benefits of the individual subscription, but also you can do sharing. So you can uh, 1Password is organized in vaults. Uh, Each user has a private area where they can organize their logins, their notes, their categories, their favorites, anything. And those spaces are private. But then, if you have a family subscription, you can create a shared space where multiple users can contribute. They can put logins that they want other family members to see. So, for example, uh, in the shared space that Sylvia and I have in 1Password for Families, uh, she can see my iCloud information and my Dropbox login. So, if anything happens to my devices, if if I cannot use my 1Password anymore, but Sylvia still has her iPhone or MacBook, she can look at the shared space in 1Password and she can give me the iCloud information or the Dropbox information that I need. Um, you can also have permission control. So if you have multiple family members, you can say, well, uh, my partner should be an, an administrator, but you know the kids probably, they should be regular users that cannot change uh, settings for our subscriptions.
0: Yeah, and you can also do that at the level of the vault as well. So yeah. you can share a vault with people, but you can share it read-only. So, for example, with your kids, if the, if you want them to see the Netflix password or whatever, you can share it with them read-only. Um, so they're not administrators, but they also don't even get to change the vault. They can only just look at it as well.
1: Yeah. Of course, I still haven't tested that, but uh, I believe you because you, you have Works more great. experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we do um, that as well. And also you can do account recovery for other family members so um, you know this is a feature for admins in one password for families, but if uh, something goes wrong you can recover an account for other members. Uh, so this is very convenient and we've only we've been using this for a couple of weeks now it really works well and the, the best part is I was using uh, the old traditional one <laughs> password until two weeks ago. I bought the app several years ago, always got updates for free, never bothered to upgrade to the new subscription stuff. Finally, two weeks ago, I had some time and I did the migration from the old 1Password to the new one. But the thing is, nothing basically changed. The migration was super smooth. So if you're still one of those people on the old uh, type of uh, 1Password that used to sync with iCloud or Dropbox, the migration went super quickly uh it took me five minutes after setting up an account one password uh offers you the moment that you log in and you say i also have a one password account now the app offers you and tells you do you want to migrate your old stuff to the to the new account and it's all done either on the web or ios uh, i'm very happy with it and you know being able to share logins and to have a shared space and to add members and to control those members is very convenient before doing 1Password for families, I briefly considered also doing 1Password for teams, which is aimed at businesses, and this is meant for teams of people that work together and they want to share secure information on onepassword.com. There are three levels of sub- subscriptions here, and you pay uh, per user, per month. You can pay $4 per user, $12 per user, or enterprise-level mm, pay which uh, you gotta get in touch with uh, agile bits if you want to get a if you want to get a you know an idea of what it costs like um there's a standard plan which is the four dollar one and there's the pro plan which is a twelve dollar one per user per month on the pro team plan you get unlimited item history five gigabytes of storage so it's a considerable uh, upgrade from one gigabyte. And you also get the ability to do custom groups and and roles on a per user basis. So you can really uh, fine tune uh, which types of users have access to what exactly in the 1Password for Teams. And you can also check on activity logs. This is a popular feature for any uh, team-based web service such as Slack, for example. You can check on the complete feed of activity from any user. So you can see the user X, for example, added 10 logins, or this other user uh, added a new vault. It's kind of convenient, I guess, if you have a team and you're constantly sharing passwords. I decided on 1Password for families because even if I do have a team and we're actually six people it's not like we're constantly sharing uh, passwords all the time. Yes, we do have our, you know, four to five passwords for Mac stories and other stuff that we need to that we need to manage. But I I struggle to see the benefit of one password for teams. Uh, and instead, I just prefer the personal usage and the sharing with my girlfriend and with my parents. I just found it more convenient. But if you have a team and if you think it sh- could be useful to share stuff with team members, then definitely go for it. Uh, You know, I just haven't tested it myself.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think if if you were one of a team of systems administrators, for example, and you had, you know, like at school when we have our iPad deployment and we have Apple IDs for the volume purchase program and volume Apple IDs for the device enrollment program and Apple IDs for this and that and iTunes connect and all these different things. If you do have a lot of those kind of things and a large number of people working on them, then it makes tons of sense to go for the team plan. But for most people listening to this and and for families, the family's plan is, is genuinely just all you really need unless you have a particularly big family for some reason.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mentioned uh, that One Password uh, has other syncing options. You can u- you can still use if you want with the with the old model, the non-subscription one. You can use iCloud. You can use Dropbox. I personally use Dropbox for years. Worked super well. Uh, like I said, I use it for eight years, so I can definitely recommend the old the old model. Uh, but the new one also works, and never had a single issue with the OnePassword.com service so far. As we mentioned, you can put a bunch of different uh, secure info in 1Password from logins to membership information, passports, social security numbers, secure notes, and one of my favorite categories in the app, you can save your server and router info. So if you constantly forget how to access your server via FTP or SFTP, you can save your information (laughs) in 1Password. That is a very specific use case, but if you're a web web developer, you know, it's going to come in handy.
0: Mostly what these things are is they're, they're pretty um, fields or, or pretty cards, if you like, for specific kinds of information. Of course, you can write anything you want in a secure note, but these come like, pre-filled with the proper and appropriate fields for, say, a passport information or a social security card or something like that. So it's just quite a nice kind of way to, to set up some of the stuff that you might want to put into a 1Password database.
1: Yeah, they also have pretty icons. So to make them yeah. stand out from other types of items, so that's nice yep. um, using 1Password on iOS um, the main feature, I guess aside from the main app, which you open you can type in your master password or you can just use Touch ID to log into your vault uh, the main feature is the extension it's, it is an action extension that works in Safari and it works in other apps that add support for 1Password and um, Unlike the Mac, uh, where you can have a 1Password button in the Safari toolbar, you cannot have a custom button in the toolbar on iOS, so you need to go through the share sheet. And sharing, um, using the extension on iOS is still not perfect. In my experience, sometimes some websites don't like the autofill done by one password and they just refuse to put your email address or username and the password in the proper fields in the form of the web page. I don't know why. Sometimes it works. Other time, most of the time it works. I would say ninety percent of the time it works. But that ten percent, when it doesn't, it's really annoying. And when it does, usually I can get past the problem by uh, doing the autofill with the native Safari feature. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, I think on the last episode, I I use both one password. Uh, with the extension and Safari autofill, just because I like to have the same passwords in different places with the same level of security, I would say, uh, because iCloud is, a you know, I trust Apple with iCloud. And, uh, but sometimes, you know, the 1Password extension doesn't work. Touch ID is excellent, and really, the, I think 1Password reached a whole new level of uh, utility when Apple brought Touch ID and Bits was able to integrate with it. So it's really nice. Uh, and there's also I don't use it much, but there's also an in-app browser. So if you don't know, don't want to use Safari, there's a custom browser inside of the One Password app, which I guess it's uh, easier to use for autofill because you don't need to go through yeah. the share sheet.
0: Yeah, and, yeah. The, and the, the in-app browser was much more important in the days before the extension. You know, yeah. when, when there was no, the only integration between Safari and iOS and the app was just copy and paste from one to the other. Uh, it was a lot easier to go into 1Password, choose your login, and then use their browser to go straight to it and fill in the password. But now that the, now that the extension is here, uh, using 1Password from within Safari is much, much easier uh, and much more natural as well. If you're just browsing and you need a password, just throw it in that way. Uh, so I think that, you, there's no reason to take the in-app browser away. It's helpful for certain things, but um, I think it's not as important as it used to be a feature before the extension was available.
1: Yeah. Do you, Fraser, use the identities feature on 1Password much?
0: Um I, I do. I haven't set it up for multiple identities, but... Um, I find that sometimes if you have a long and complex form, 1Password can sometimes do a better job. Because it, with Safari, you have to kind of go into each field and you'll get a suggestion at the bottom for uh, what that might be. If it's a postcode field, for example, it'll suggest your postcode from your address card. But you have to sort of manually go through all the fields for that. Whereas 1Password, it can, if you're doing a registration thing, you can just go and choose your identity and fill it in. Um, and that, that does tend to work quite well. So yeah, I want to set up some some more of those as well. But I've got one just for my kind of home and personal information um, and I'll probably set one up for work as well quite soon.
1: Another, and the last feature that I want to mention, um, it was another aspect that definitely improved 1Password after Touch ID was when, when Agile Bits added support for the two-factor authentication codes inside 1Password. Uh, I, used to, I used to rely on the Google Authenticator App And then I switched to uh, this other app called Authy um, before 1Password. But then when they added support for the uh, time-limited codes, uh, that was incredible because it meant I could stop using two apps. Uh, Until that moment, I used to do passwords in 1Password and the two-factor or two-step verification codes in a separate app. But now uh, I'm able to have both. In, in the same login item in One Password, and it's uh, and it's amazing. It's so convenient. You get a you you know you get all of the features that you expect. You can scan with the camera a QR code on services that allow you to add these codes to One Password. Uh, you can you, you know you can uh, do the whole process of authenticating um, with, for example, Dropbox. Uh, when it, you go into your Dropbox account you enable the two-factor authentication and then uh, Dropbox gives you a QR code and says you should scan this with a Google Authenticator app but actually you can open one password and open the camera and you can scan it and then you have your codes that last uh, 30 seconds so you just open one password tap the code copy paste and there you go and you can have all in one app man I really do love one password this is my conclusion yeah. I really one,
0: one, password. one password yeah uh, it also has a watch app which we haven't even mentioned yet yeah, but you you can set certain logins to to go to your Apple Watch, um, and one of the things with that is that if if that login that's on the Apple Watch has got a two-factor authentication code, then. You can just open up your watch, uh, tap into the app, and it'll show you the code right on your watch. So if it's quite a convenient way. Even if you don't want to switch to 1Password on your iPad or whatever, you can just turn your wrist over, and, and I keep 1Password in the dock on my watch. So it's always there, and those codes are always um, pretty fresh up to date as well. So it resumes very quickly. You can get the code, and you can you can get going really fast with that too. Yep. So we love uh, 1Password, Federico. Can you tell you something about else that's pretty great? Sure. Okay, so this episode of Canvas is brought to you by SaneBox because email can be a crushing thing and every person listening to this show has got something that they hate about the email they receive or the features of the app that you use for email. Uh, So SaneBox is here to help bridge those gaps and solve those problems because one of the things you cannot do with your email is just delete everything much as you might want to. All of your email goes to the same place and it all looks the same. So wouldn't it be nice to just clear it all out, but you can't. There's important stuff in there you need to deal with, but it just looks the same as everything else. So what you're looking for is something where your email can be pre-sorted before it even hits your inbox. Imagine if the only email that gets there is stuff you actually need to see, and this is what SaneBox does. SaneBox sorts through your email and moves all the trivial stuff into a different folder, so the only messages in your inbox are the ones you actually want to see. And the great thing is that it works on top of your current setup with any app. All the SaneBox magic happens before you ever see your email. And aside from removing all the junk so you can focus on what matters, there's a great feature called black hole. You just move an email into this folder and you never hear from the sender again. It's like magic. So you can set up email reminders. You'll be reminded of messages to follow up on. You can snooze emails so you can deal with it later and lots and lots of other great features. Now, Federico, I know that you use SaneBox uh, and we were talking just before we came on the show there about some of the ways that it helps you out with, uh, with newsletters and so on.
1: Yeah, Um I mentioned before I've been using Sainbox for almost six months now. I really do love the service how uh, it organizes my email messages uh, from you know the the ones that are important in my inbox and the other ones. And among the other ones. I, I'm subscribed to some excellent newsletters. I'm a Six Colors member. Of course, I also receive my own newsletters for Club Mac Stories. And also, I'm, uh, you know, other ones like Emoji Wrap. It's an excellent emoji-focused newsletter from the folks at Emojipedia. Yeah, it's amazing. Jeremy does excellent work. Um, so all of these newsletters that I'm subscribed to, uh, they automatically go into the same news folder, which is this folder that aggregates all of my newsletter-type email messages, Other times, I also receive uh, updates from, for example, web services uh, that send you uh, a newsletter-like communication, such as, for example, updates from Dropbox. Uh, And in general, all of these messages are together so it's easy for me it's a kinda like a magazine in my email i go to the same news folder i see all of my newsletters and then i just you know spend a couple of hours there i catch up on my favorite newsletters and uh, just read there and it's so convenient because i don't see all of the other messages so they don't distract me and they don't make me feel bad about my email so yeah same box i um, uh, I really i really love this service
0: so we know that Canvas listeners would love a little more email organization in their lives, so we've worked a great deal on SaneBox just for you. If you go to sanebox.com slash canvas today, you'll get an extra $20 credit on top of their two-week free trial. You don't have to enter your credit card information unless you decide to buy, so there's really nothing to lose. Check it out today and get your email finally under control. Again, that's sanebox, S-A-N-E-B-O-X dot com slash canvas. So Federico, let's talk about alternatives right One password is in some ways it's the it's the big gorilla in the space you mm-hmm. know, if people talk about one uh, password managers in iOS everybody talks about one password Anddie who uses a password manager has at least looked at one password even if you eventually use something else. but what are some of those other things? I mean there are other password managers that are very much in the same kind of vein you've got you mentioned some that, uh, earlier on you know things like lastPass is one of them and various other ones. But there are alternatives beyond that. And one of them is a thing called iCloud Keychain, which is just built right into iOS and macOS. And this goes through your iCloud account. It syncs across devices and it's built into Safari. So what you can, you've probably seen it at some point where, um, for a start, you see it when you set up an iOS device. It says, do you want to use iCloud Keychain? And you can set it up there. And then inside Safari, Safari, whenever it encounters a password field that you're trying to fill in for the first time, Uh, Safari can suggest a password for you and then it can offer to remember that password for the next time you get to that site. Uh, Now this is, as you've already mentioned, Federico, this is not mutually exclusive with one password. It's not either or. You can certainly have Safari generate the password and then capture it in one password later on. And that's what I, I tend to do that quite a lot actually, if I come across something I have to sign up for. What I'll do is I'll I'll fill in the form, I'll have Safari suggest a password for me, and then what I do is I invoke the 1Password extension, and if there's no saved login for that site, it'll have an option that says, create a new login for whatever website you're on. And what 1Password can do is it can actually go in and it can pull out the password that you're about to use as your sign-up password for the site, and it can store that for you automatically so that you... Safari suggests it, but 1Password remembers it and that's a nice way to make sure you keep putting things into 1Password because it's not just about going into 1Password and then going back to the website afterwards you can actually do your work on the site and then pull it into 1Password before you save it. Um, Now, for a while in the early days of this it wasn't actually possible to do much administration work with this on iOS you had to go to your Mac to uh, look at entries in this keychain or delete anything or so on but in recent versions of iOS you can now go into settings safari and passwords and in there you can browse and also search all of your saved logins and saved passwords and you can go into each entry and you can see what the password actually is as well uh, right on your iOS device now you have to go through uh, touch ID authentication to get to that part so it's secure but it is possible to do a bit of management with your iCloud keychain as well Right on iOS. And that was one of the reasons in the early days I kind of didn't really bother with it, is because say you saved the wrong password or something like that, it was hard to just on iOS alone go into it and sort it out. But now you can do that as well. Now iCloud Keychain is is nothing like as powerful or as attractive as One Password, but it does the basics. It's built in it's from apple and it's free so it has a lot to recommend it um and i was speaking to somebody just the other night who uh, we were talking about password manager said well i just use icloud keychain for everything and that's fine um and and a lot of people will get by with that without too much bother you know um but if you want to start saving other bits of information like uh, since our our recent travel um trials that we had in, in france um I've done this before, but I've kind of enhanced it with more information now. Um, All of our passports, all of our um, European health insurance cards, um, driving licenses, all of that kind of information that you might need to prove identity, including things like scans of all those documents as well. I have that all saved in 1Password. So that's stuff that you can do uh, is more powerful in 1Password than in iCloud Keychain. But iCloud Keychain is built in and it is, you know, I, I don't have any, concerned about the security of it as much as just it doesn't quite do as much as I want out of a secure information manager Uh, there may be something like 1Password or LastPass
1: Something that I don't fully recommend but that it's still possible and I've seen people use it is the option to create uh, encrypted notes in the Apple Notes app. Now this feature was added uh, with iOS 9.3 last year and it allows you to password protect and access either with the, with the password or with Touch ID, a single note uh, in the Apple Notes app. Now, this feature works by using a single password for all of the, all of the, note, the notes that you want to protect. Um, so you create a password for notes, then you just uh, push a, a button with a lock, and the same password applies to all of your locked notes. So you cannot do individual passwords for individual notes. Um then you can use Touch ID to unlock them, and you can protect uh, basically plain text. Um, it and it's kind of strange because some attachments cannot be protected. So one of the fe- one of the main features really is the of Apple Notes is that you can create notes that contain uh, multiple f- uh, document types. You can do notes with audio, with video, with you know PDF documents, and if you have PDFs, audio, video iWork documents Um, and other attachments that Apple doesn't like, you cannot protect that note. You will get an error, you get an an alert that says you cannot protect this note because it contains an attachment that is not supported. I think also if you use uh, the old IMAP uh, account system to sync your notes instead of of the new iCloud stuff. Um, So the... Password protection for notes works with plain text notes or images. So it's ideal if you want to save, for example, logins or maybe a photo of a secured document and you want to protect it in Apple Notes, you can do that. Um, but I don't recommend it because... Uh, one, it is not a real password manager. It doesn't have an extension, uh, and it's uh, every, every time you want to go fetch that information, you you don't you cannot do any kind of autofill in another app. You need to close the app, go find Apple Notes specifically, go find the secure note, and authenticate and copy manually. So it's all kind of fiddly, and it's not as well integrated as One Password. And I know Fraser that it's also very much not clear how the encryption is handled by the system
0: yeah i, I went digging for that information it, it wasn't really clear to me because it sort of says uh, it talks about notes being secured rather than encrypted um uh, but one of the things I, I did find in the documents was if you if you forget and reset your password um that will not let you into the existing uh, notes that have been secured with your old password but it will let you create new secure notes afterwards. So and I think there maybe is some... It, there isn't actually information in the in the basic documentation about, you know, we are encrypting this note with this encryption cipher and so on. So it's it feels to me like... Um, I mean, one of the things to bear in mind is that all of your data is secured by default on iOS if you have a PIN code so or a passcode on your device. So when the data is saved to the storage chips on your iPhone or your iPad that's encrypted. So even if somebody steals your iPad, that's gonna help you. Um, But then, is this encryption an additional layer or not? Not very sure about that. But still, if you are insisting on using notes, an encrypted note is better than a secured note is better than an unsecured note. But I think one of the key messages, Federico, I think that's important is that friction reduction really matters in this. That if you have a password manager or a password manager system that you invented, that is a pain to use and very slow to use every time you need to get a password, you're not going to use it. So it's much easier just to use one password for everything. Uh, So using the app one password is actually a a significant improvement over this rather than just a a small incremental improvement with better icons. It's a lot more important than that.
1: Yeah. And you know, um, anytime I get into this discussion of should you use a password manager or not, um, because I, of course, I'm kind of a, of an, an evangelist for uh, 1Password because it's the app that I like. Uh, but every time, you know, uh, uh, I'm talking to a friend of mine and the topic of passwords comes up and this person is like, how do you even create multiple passwords for each account? I just use the same one every time. And so I tell him about 1Password and then the question comes up, "But well, is it really worth it? Is it really worth my money? Shouldn't I just, you know, use the same password and be done with it and whatever happens, happens? And... You know, the password manager, it does introduce compromises. Uh, As we mentioned before, you have a new single point of failure, which is your master password. But I think if you try to compare the possible downside of using a password manager with the much bigger problem of you're using the same password everywhere and anyone can guess it on a website that, you know, it's not like a password manager that lives on your computer. Uh, The two levels of risks uh, are very much different because on one hand, you're dealing with Facebook, Google, Amazon, iCloud, Dropbox, other important accounts in your life. And anyone can go to a website and try to guess your email and your password. On the other, you have Well, first they got to actually steal your computer or your iPhone or iPad. Then they need to unlock the device because, uh, you know, you should also use a password or a passcode for that. We talked about that, you know, the last time. Um, And then they need to guess your master password. So it's, you know, three steps, one of which is actually stealing your device. So, yeah, there's the trade-off of a single master password. But, you know, it it is much riskier and more problematic and unsafe to not use a password manager at all and use the same passwords everywhere. So the question, the answer to the question, should I use a password manager, is always definitely yes.
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. And just to throw in a couple of other things just to mention in the sort of operational side of this is that, Let's say, for example, you were to, you know, don't do something like this, right? Don't set up one password and then go and put your master password in the notes application, right? Don't do something like that. Um, But make sure that you know how to get back into your password manager without a device, okay? So maybe at one point, like, you know, the next time you get a new iPad, try and set up the password manager without restoring your backup. You know, test that you can do that so that if the worst was to happen and you were to have all your devices stolen, that you would still have a way to get back into your one password um, and your iCloud account so that you could then set up everything else from there. So practice that password even, and this is the kind of risk with Touch ID is you kind of get a bit sloppy, but what is that password? Um, because you don't type in so often. So practice that password. Maybe for the first month or so, don't enable Touch ID just so that you get that password into your muscle memory and then turn on Touch ID and, and it'll be much easier after that. But it's something just to think about uh, make sure you can remember that password. And if you are using 1Password for teams or families, make sure that you've got more than one person designated as an account manager in 1Password. So, you know, for, for us, it's the, the two adults in the family. Um, each of us can recover the other's account if we need to. And we've got some instructions stored away for how to do that um, so that each of us could get the other one back into their account if if it was lost. And you do, you do want to have somewhere secure if you have a safe in the house or, or a locked drawer or something. Just one copy somewhere of what Federico relate, uh, referred to earlier as the secret keys for your account. So there are two things there's the secret key and your password. And from a standing start, from a cold start on a new machine, you need both of those things in order to get into your one password. So having that somewhere, because uh, the, the secret key is not memorable at all, having that just somewhere safe, very safe, that you can keep that and make sure you can get back into your account is, is super important as well.
1: Yeah, so you know, listen to Fraser. Uh, if you don't believe me, he's much more knowledgeable yep. than I am. Uh, <laughs> so you should you should definitely listen to Fraser and use a password manager. Really, uh, it's uh, it's so much better, and you you know, it gets some time to get used to as an idea. To now, you should forget all of your passwords. Uh, it takes a lot of trust. Uh, but again, it's a, it's a company and a service that has been around for a long time. And I, and I should mention, it's not like they're sponsoring us or, you know, they're it's just we generally... It's one of those... It's like Dropbox. It's so esen- essential to the way that we work. But if you use any other password manager... Um, Again, there are some competitors I just know by name, uh, LastPass and Dashlane. Although I should say LastPass got hacked, I think, uh, a couple of weeks ago. There there were some problems. So maybe not LastPass, Mm -hmm. I don't know. But anyway, use a password manager and our recommendation goes to 1Password because we trust it. We've been using it for uh, almost a decade now and Mm -hmm. it will make your life better. So, yeah.
0: Most definitely. Most definitely. Uh, So this has been the the second of two episodes on iOS device security. If you're new to the show or if you're just new to this little sequence of shows we've been doing, you may want to go back and listen to Canvas number 33 as well. And in that episode, we talked about uh, ways to set up and secure your iOS devices so that if you were uh, to have a device lost or stolen, you can possibly track it. Uh, certainly disconnect things like your Apple Pay, for example, um, from both an iPhone and a watch, and then send a remote erase command if you have to, to make sure that all your data is gone. We talked about some other security features, including the way that encryption works on iOS and so on. So that'll be something useful to refer to as well. So episode 33 and 34, this one here, um, those two together will help you do the Best job you can of security in iOS, uh, and, and hopefully we'll have fewer people losing their devices, fewer people not ever getting them back, and fewer people having lots of accounts compromised because one password wasn't. Uh, one password was lost in a hack and on Yahoo or something like that. Um, you want to make sure that you've got those separate passwords in a password manager and using an app like One Password. Uh, to make sure that all of that's encrypted and safe and synced and available to you across all devices because it's not just about security but it's about the ease of use as well and we feel that one password does an excellent job of balancing out those two things and i don't when i say balancing i don't mean they're reducing the security just to make it more convenient but what they're doing is they're integrating all the ios capabilities like the share sheet extension like touch id to make it as frictionless as possible for you to be secure with strong passwords on every site you own. So this has been Canvas episode 34. Uh, You can connect with the show on Twitter at underscore Canvas FM. I'm Fraser Spears on Twitter. Federico is Vitici, and we will see you all next time.